Jeopardy! Today, I'm your host, Charlie Earle. Today is episode 81, Lessons. Yes, it's come that time where we should be learning some lessons. One of the organizations or think tanks or what have you that I follow frequently is a relatively new one. It's called the Brownstone Institute. And from Wednesday, February 16th, uh, they have a sort of an editorial or a commentary. And with your indulgence, I'd like to, to read some of it for you right now. Said the worldwide street protests against lockdowns and mandates began in earnest in November of last year. They were the culmination of tireless work to get the truth out. Once they began, they were ignored by the media. Protesters persisted and numbers grew. Indeed, they swept the world. It's remarkable that it did not happen sooner. You can't lock billions of people in their homes, wreck businesses, abolish church, and all the rest of the outrages without provoking some backlash. Continuing, quoting, Essential to this movement, has been a growing enlightenment rooted in reason and science, making all the arguments, citing the data, looking at the studies, and recalling who we we are supposed to be as individuals and societies. And let me second that, end quote. But uh, the closing argument in this opening salvo of theirs in their in their Wednesday article is uh, everyone involved in this fiasco will soon be working to make sure we forget. We cannot. We must remember. We must rebuild. And I would uh, second that sentiment. I think it's absolutely necessary that we remember We not forget, and we begin to rebuild. And first is grasping back the levers of power from the petty tyrants and despots who seem to be wielding it now. Um, I'm on Twitter. Yes, you can can strike me with a whip. You can give me 30 lashes for that. But I am on Twitter. And I've been frequently posting in the past couple of weeks... uh, stories about what's going on in Canada. And I was asked by someone representing the AFL-CIO, I guess it's an official Twitter site, I don't really know. They slammed me and asked me why I'm uh, so impressed with what's going on in Canada when I should be supporting the President of the United States here in the United States. And my reaction was the reason I was entranced and enthralled by what's going on in Canada is that's what I fully expected the United States to be like as we fight back against repression, as we fight back against insane uh, government power, as we fight back against little petty tyrants in positions of power, whether it be health departments uh, local government, state government, or federal government. And I probably should say national government because the federal nature of our government seems to be disappearing all too rapidly. 
Um, anyway, uh, that was my response to them about that. Yes, I, uh, I did have a heavy emphasis on Canada for a couple of reasons. One is I have friends from up there who were involved in, in what was going on in the uh, trucker convoy. But I also was hoping that it would light a fire here in the United States. You know, they're one eighth our size. And I was hoping that our bigger numbers, larger numbers would certainly be louder and perhaps more effective. It seems that something may be brewing. There appears to be at least one and perhaps several groups involved in some level in organizing a convoy from west from the west coast uh, to Washington DC the latest i saw is one's beginning on March 2nd that's a special date for me pat and i will have been married 53 years on that day assuming we both survive that long and uh, i think i'm kind of worried about that i'm kind of worried that there may be too many other groups involved and too many people involved and that it will be a spasmodic, not concentrated, not totally organized affair. I'm also worried about given the history of our FBI and our governmental agencies, uh, just as we saw the infiltration in January 6th, that we may have uh, that kind of um, governmental action involvement and subterfuge especially given as much time as they now have to organize and get involved in it. Uh, I'm worried that there will be people who will be getting into the organizations or into the movement, into the convoys, if you will, and doing their best to precipitate violence as a means of discrediting the protests and organization. So what I would hope is that the organizers of the convoys and the protests are very clear about who they share information with, but there's always one or two goons in the group who like to brag in front of the cameras, who can't wait to get in front of the microphones and share their outrageous demands and so forth. But be very careful about who you share your information with. Be cautious about who you allow into the inner circles because there are people there who really don't have the best interests of the nation and certainly your protest organizations uh, at heart. I also would hope at the same time, simultaneous to that, we don't leave it all up to the truckers, citizens. We join in other ways, in other areas. Certainly, we've got some activity going on confronting various school boards around the country, not as widely as I would hope, but at least at some level where they're gaining some sort of attention and stirring the pot in a number of areas, East Coast and West Coast, and probably in between. So in your local areas, if you are facing this kind of despotic tyranny, if the people who are implementing these harsh uh, restrictions and mandates can't justify them, then resist and oppose them. We have some things of that nature going on in Ohio right now, some active organizations getting involved in a number of fronts, and I hope the same is going on in each of your respective states and communities too. 
This cannot be left to just the four-lane highways of the USA. Uh, This protest, this resistance has to be from, um, well, from sea to shining sea, from Gulf to the north border or the north coast, as we like to call the Great Lakes up here in this neck of the woods. So um, let's let them know. Now, we have seen recently within certain parts of Canada and certainly here in the United States where various states and communities are relaxing their mandates. However, they have not, how do I put it, rescinded their, quote, rights to re-implement them. And I put rights in quotation marks because the rights, the preeminent rights we have are the rights to liberty, the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And uh, uh, they seem to keep, want to keep the power in their own back pockets as they look forward um, to what might happen in the future. And trust me, um, they'll use any means they can to re-engage and re-implement their power. Any little trigger mechanism they can design or uh, think they see, they will use it to our detriment. That's just the way they operate. So anyway, please keep that in mind. Please resist. Um, let's, uh, let's ask for honesty and transparency from our health officials. We're getting very limited data now, and it's incomplete. It doesn't give us a full picture. Uh, we don't have a clue. We're still punishing our children. Uh, Let's stop all that. The reason we're doing that is because the teachers' unions, for the most part, encourage it. They want to keep our little darlings masked up so they can keep them submissive. And in many cases, the teachers don't in the unions, the activists in the unions don't want to go back to work. So all in all, it's a mess. We got to start from the bottom up. We got to pull it out by the roots and we got to rebuild our culture, our society, and our nation. Another article now moving forward I'd like to recommend to you is, again, Luke Longo's Hypergrowth Investing, and that's from the 17th. He says, The global artificial intelligence takeover is just getting started. Okay. Those of you who are paranoid about the Matrix, I would recommend you read this. The uh, Again, the column is called Hypergrowth Investing. It's from Thursday the 17th. He's talking about AI is everywhere. Data is everything. I would agree with that because if, you, if you're a sports fan even, you know that the, the, the new best word in football and baseball is analytics. That's because it's data-based rather than identifying the individual likes, dislikes, capabilities, talents, skills, and so forth of individuals. It's more into what do the numbers tell us. We're going to crunch the numbers and see how they come out. So I, um, I'm an oldie, so I'm, I'm just a tad bit apprehensive about an AI takeover. Uh, maybe that's just me. From inside Wall Street with Nomi Prince this week, she has a, uh, a column by Tika Tiwari, 
uh, who's the editor of the Palm Beach Daily, and he talks about how to manage crypto's short-term price swings for long-term profits. As you know, much of the market has been taking a hit, particularly in the crypto area. So you may want to scope that out, check it out, see if there's a lesson you can learn from that. Uh, there's where we are learning lessons. We learned from Canada and what they did. And now let's learn lessons on the economic front so that you can be prepared when the uh, fecal matter hits the fan, when it happens. Another article from Doug Casey's International Man, whom you know I cite frequently in this show, from Friday the 18th. He said, uh, here's why our monetary system is a giant Ponzi scheme. He says, Ponzi scheme, I'm quoting now, Ponzi schemes keep going until the perpetrator is stopped from the outside. They never stop of their own volition. For example, Bernie Madoff kept going until it all blew up. And uh, so I would look at that, look at what he sees as the pressure points, consider the value of money and its impact. Actually, fiat money has no intrinsic value. It only has an assigned or potential value. So take that for what it's worth. But that's Doug Casey's International Man from Friday. And another column, and or I, I guess newsletter I'd like to uh, recommend to you is Organic Bites, B-Y-T-E-S, from the Organic Consumers Association. Um, I follow them just because as an old farm boy, who's concerned about the quality of our food. Listen, I understand all the arguments. I understand that the chemical, pesticide, and herbicide industries have helped us grow massive amounts of food to feed massive amounts of people cheap, more cheaply and better than ever in the history of humankind. But I also understand, just like the pharmaceutical in- industry, at some point we're going to have to pay the piper for having such cheap, abundant food because it's laced with things that do no good for our body. So look out the latest on Organic Bites. That's the column from the Organic Consumers Association for Saturday the 19th. Well, that's Living Liberty for today. Episode 81, topic is lessons. I hope we all learn some. Until then, live free Stay free and be free. I'm Charlie Earle.